smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hi why not mint money is a daily podcast on personal finance that helps you get smart about managing money we help you understand basic money concepts to keep you from making bad money mistakes why not mint money is your one stop solution to money matters so let's get started welcome to your money journey Hi this is Namrata Patel from Mint's personal finance team and in this episode of Why Not Mint Money we will be talking about setting resolutions for the new year Every year we set many resolutions before the new year begins be it health wealth habits or simply self development in the new year most of us make resolutions in various aspects of our lives so let's discuss how you can set up new year resolutions when it comes to your financial well-being Joining us today is Arun Kumar, Head of Research Funds India. Arun is an expert in behavioral finance and today he's here to tell us how we can set financial resolutions. Thank you for joining us today Arun. Yeah, thank you Namrata for having me on the show. So just to start off with uh, this this fundamentally the the interesting question as to what is the big deal about a new year, right? I mean, why can't we actually uh, go and set our resolutions on say december 20th or let's say november 15th or any other day uh, for that matter now thankfully for us a lot of uh, research has gone into it and uh, behavioral scientists have figured out that this there's some something happening called the fresh start effect now what does this fresh start effect tell us fresh start effect basically uh, tells us that the way we perceive us is is uh, so for example let's say uh, there is the current version of me and there is the same person on jan 1st now ideally we would say both are the same person what is the big difference but what these behavioral uh, scientists have figured out is that whenever there is a special day so let's say your birthday or a new year or if there is any major event like let's say you're changing your jobs or you're changing your city what happens psychologically is that we perceive that that person after that date so let's say arun on jan 1st to be very very different from the arun uh, which is in the current who's in the current state now what is the biggest advantage that it provides is that it gives a clean slate for arun on jan 1st and most importantly there is a lot of a failure associated with the current version of arun because obviously i would have my previous year resolutions and most of it uh, uh, as all of us know that we wouldn't have been able to do all of them together and there's a lot of baggages that we have so this new version of arun also has the psychological distance from the uh, the past mistakes of the current version of arun so all this provides a classic uh, uh, clean slate for that new person and what happens is that eventually once you are taking newer resolution it, it 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 means that this new person can do everything so the motivation levels are very high and we completely forget the fact that last year there were all these struggles and all that but mentally for us it's a new completely new person starting with a clean slate and anything under the world can be done and that's why we take up all the uh, different resolutions and and the motivation levels are extremely high in terms of feeling that everything can be done now inevitably what happens is after a, a month the or or two the realities strike and we also realize that the motivation doesn't last and and it falls into the same trap where most of us are not able to follow through our resolution so this is the broad 
a behavioral contour of what happens during these uh, resolution so that's probably the uh, the starting point from where probably we can proceed uh, uh, with our discussion right absolutely and i agree and how does one uh, you know take advantage of this motivation and a fresh start effect and set resolutions for the new year so uh, in essence what uh, again uh, again going back to behavioral uh, scientists what they essentially figured out is that to to inculcate any uh, behavior so be it uh, fitness behavior or money behavior you need three things to come together you need some motivation uh, to do that task and then how easy or how difficult that particular task is and a reminder to do the particular action now once you put all these three together we can get a fair sense of whether that particular habit will continue or or not so for example let's say somebody asks me to uh, uh, do a push up right do a single push up there i really don't need too much of motivation because the the act is very easy so probably i can do it so let's say somebody asks me to do uh, uh, come for a one hour uh, exercise session then i need very high levels of motivation because the activity is far more uh, harder to do and in both cases the remainder is there so broadly if you look at it once you once you give a, a, a reminder motivation and the the degree of difficulty of the task is kind of uh, inversely proportional so the harder the task uh, or the harder the activity is to do you need higher levels of motivation if the activity is fairly easy you you need only very low levels of motivation to do now unfortunately when it comes to uh, money decisions we all know that it's very very confusing for a lot of us and most of us don't enjoy it so which means it it falls on the harder side of the spectrum so which means you need very very high levels of motivation to uh, uh, to start with your uh, money decisions because otherwise mostly we tend to postpone it uh, and the and the good part about resolutions is that the the first few weeks or the first few months is where your motivation levels are very high thanks to the fresh start effect so which means that all the harder aspects of the money decisions can be easily done in the first few weeks but the unfortunate part is that after that we also know that the motivation wave kind of uh, uh, drops down so which means at that juncture you can't have uh, a hard uh, activity or a hard money decision which has to be taken which means inevitably down the line you won't follow it so the whole idea is to bring all the tough decisions in the first few weeks and then automate it so that going forward when your motivation levels are down because you've already automated all your good uh, money decisions and behavior then there is the the it, you have basically made it uh, to be a very very simple act so that's the whole construct via which we would like to look at it get the tougher decisions in the first few weeks then automate it during the first few weeks so that during the course of the year what is supposed to be good money behavior is already automated now how can you do it fairly simple uh, any starting uh, investor probably will have to start with an emergency fund which is nothing that nothing but if there is a job loss or if there is uh, a medical emergency we just need some money so that uh, we we are taken care of so roughly the math would be around 6 months or 12 months of your uh, monthly expenses so the, a good way to start with that is maybe start an sip of uh, 5% of your monthly savings into an uh, emergency fund this can be done through a, a simple liquid fund so this can be your uh, starting point so where you take the decision and you automate it and every month it is automatically uh, dipping from your account and putting it into the uh, emergency uh, fund which which we are uh, currently using a, a simple 
safe liquid fund. And then the second aspect would be to get your health insurance and life insurance uh, uh, sorted. While again, there's a lot of complexity in terms of selecting these. But if you pick your uh, the right health insurance and the uh, right life insurance, all these are one-time decisions. Then after that, every year, all that will be required from your side is just to renew it. So in essence, get the one-time decisions out. That is, get the emergency fund, get the health insurance, get the life insurance. More or less, you are covered. So once these three are done and then you automate it, then all that is required perennially is that you just need to renew your life insurance, which anyway, the insurance companies will call you and ensure that you renew it. And in terms of uh, uh, the emergency fund, you've already automated it through an SIP. The next part would be to build your long-term growth portfolio where you can probably start with a 70% equity or a 30% debt kind of an allocation. Or if you are a little more conservative, you can probably start with a 50-50 kind of an allocation. And then automate a, a very simple SIP, which will ensure that you are at least saving, say, 15% to 25% of your monthly saving into this kind of a, a basket. Right? So once you put all these together in the first few weeks, then you are kind of sorted because... After a month or two, when, when you are no more interested in doing all the financial decisions, all your good decisions are already automated. So whether you like it or not, every month automatically your, uh, the money is taken from your account and then put into the corresponding buckets. So overall, uh, this can be a good uh, way to automate most of your money decisions, take the, the harder, uh, 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 the more complicated stuff in the first two weeks or first two or three weeks get all these sorted and then automated and then uh, you can you can just relax throughout the year while all these good decisions get uh, executed almost on a monthly basis right so automation is the key to you know achieving your financial goals but what about someone who already has an emergency fund or someone who already has existing sips in place and has taken health and life insurance how does that person set financial resolutions for the new year yeah, for somebody who's already uh, done with all the basic stuff and probably they've put, put this uh, system together in the last few years, the, the biggest advantage is that just like how mentally uh, we have a clean slate uh, uh, effect because of the fresh start, it's a good time to also give your portfolio a clean slate effect. So you can mentally assume that, let's say, if I had to sell my entire portfolio and then again uh, rebuild my portfolio, would this be the same a portfolio that I would have. Then suddenly you will realize that there are a lot of baggages from the past. Like you might have ended up with several products. You might have uh, products which are having very, very low exposures, probably like less than a percent or so. Or you might have some stocks which have uh, gone down in price and but you're not able to sell because you psychologically you are waiting for the price to get back to the original levels. So there are hundreds of biases which keep playing around because of which all these unnecessary uh, uh, past baggage mistakes of what we have done uh, gets accumulated in our portfolio. So the new year is probably a good time to kind of uh, start thinking in terms of uh, how our portfolio is if we assume that we have to build it right from scratch. So the way uh, I would suggest to look at it would be probably to start with the, the simplest aspect. That is your overall asset mix which you had originally decided on. So whatever is your original asset mix, are you almost close to that? So let's say you are plus or minus 5% deviation of your equity allocation. It is perfectly fine. So let's say you are you have you had decided for a 70% equity and 30% debt. 
right now you are say around 72% equity and the remaining in debt you're perfectly fine so you don't need to worry too much but let's say instead if because of the market rally uh, you are at 80% uh, instead of the original 70 that you intended this can be a good time where you can rebalance it back which is basically take off some money from equity and then put it back into debt and then get the uh, allocation back to what you originally intended to, which in this case, let's say it is 70-30. But based on your original asset allocation, this can be a good uh, place to start where you rebalance and then bring the risks in line with what you originally intended to have. The second point is within the asset classes, within equity, you can check if you are broadly diversified across different investment styles. So do you have exposure to contrarian styles? Do you have exposure to... uh, 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 growth styles? Do you have exposure to uh, GARP or growth at reasonable price style? Do you have some exposure to global? Do you have exposure to mid and small cap? So there are different investment styles which are available. So you can broadly take a look at are you uh, reasonably diversified across these styles? Now, usually what happens is that uh, we end up looking at past performance and uh, accumulating our portfolios, which means that there is a particular one or two styles which have done extremely well in the last few years. So your portfolio might end up uh, getting too skewed towards those styles and inevitably all styles go through their bad times. So whenever the bad times happen, you will end up, your entire portfolio might suddenly start to underperform drastically. So to avoid that, it is a good uh, uh, thing to ensure that you are broadly well diversified across these different uh, investment styles. So that's something that you can look on the equity side. And on the debt side, you can broadly check, uh, is there any credit risk in your uh, products that you have chosen? And is there any interest rate risk? Interest rate risk essentially is captured by a number called uh, duration. So which essentially means that when interest rates are moving up, uh, the debt funds will get negatively impacted. The extent of impact will depend on how high is the duration of your funds. So currently in a scenario where it looks very likely that interest rates might be moving up, it's better to uh, ensure that you don't have too high a duration risk or an interest rate risk in your portfolio. So overall on the debt side, you can have a check on uh, how your portfolio is faring on the credit risk side and on the interest rate risk side. and then. Uh, And at the fourth level, you can look at broadly all the products that you've chosen. Are they doing reasonably well? Is the performance consistent? Has has there been any uh, fund manager changes? So broadly, you can have a check of all these products that you've chosen. If they are uh, uh, continuing to uh, do as per their mandate and the performance is more or less consistent and there are no big worries, you can continue with them. Then the fifth level, you can see if you have ended up with too many funds. But this is again a problem when as there are several funds getting launched almost every week, there's an inevitable tendency that you might want to experiment with several funds. And after a few years, you realize that you've ended up with too many funds. So this can be a good chance to kind of knock off funds which are too, too uh, uh, low in exposure, which, which either way won't have too much of an impact on your portfolio. And at the same level, you can also check on, are you too exposed to any particular uh, product or a, or a style or a theme? And if if your exposure is too on the higher side, you can probably prune it down. And the final part is you can also uh, think about a a clear plan in terms of what do you do if there is a large market fall. So 10 to 20% market falls are common every year. But what if 
for some reason the market kind of falls i'm not saying the market will fall but historically we've seen that once every 7 10 years there's a large fall up more than 30% which happens but the the point is we forget that these large falls do happen and we are unprepared for it so this the start of the year can be a good a uh, 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 time when you actually think through this and then put a clear plan saying that if there is a fall what is the action plan instead of waiting for the fall to figure out what to be done it is always better that you think through it and write a, a simple written plan which can probably say if markets go down 20% what should i do if markets go down 30% what should i do if it goes down 40% what should i do if it goes down 50% what should i do so essentially four simple a uh, decisions it it won't even take uh, uh, less than uh, four or five lines but the most important part is this will force you to think about what should be done on the at the portfolio and in times when everything is going good like and and we are not under any stress it's it's a lot more easier to uh, write down these decisions and this can serve as a good guide book when when those stressful times come i'm not saying it might come or it, it nobody knows when these scenarios will happen so that's the whole idea of uh, preparing much ahead in advance so broadly i think for an experienced or a, for a for a uh, investor who's done with the basics these are the few checks that they can do in the beginning of the year and so that and and if required they can do the corresponding changes so that they end up with a uh, with a cleaned up portfolio which is fairly simple well diversified and has good products which can uh, work well for them over the long run thank you that's a very detailed explanation for our listeners and arun i also feel it's also good time to assess whether you need a professional to help you with your investments and your finances as well at the beginning of the year yes namrata so broadly the way uh, we would like to think through this decision is that uh, there's there's a few percentage of uh, uh, people who who really love investing uh, they get the intellectual kick out of it and 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 for them obviously they would want to do it on their own but majority uh, from whatever i have seen majority of them majority of us don't like uh, investing they they find that uh, uh, this is the last thing that i probably want to spend my weekends on so one they don't like investing uh, they don't have the time and three they don't have the expertise so if you are having one of these constraints then i think it's a it's a very good thing to outsource this entire uh, uh, planning of your finances and building of your portfolios to a uh, an external uh, advisor who who also move from a behavioral side also it makes a lot of sense because emotionally we are attached to our money if it's a third person then there is there is always that uh that that emotional distance that they can get and it 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 helps to make it a little more uh, bias free while it's it's impossible to reduce it to 100% but at least it's it's one more layer of uh, safety net that you're building so overall i think if you don't have time if you're not interested in uh, spending your time on uh, if not if you don't like investing and uh, you don't have the expertise i think it's better to outsource it to a good advisor right so to summarize i would say we should make the most of the fresh start effect and automate the tough financial decisions in the beginning of the year when the motivation is high this will help you achieve your financial goals and also review your existing investment decisions and take corrective measures in case you're an experienced investor Uh, thank you for your insights today, Arun. It was a pleasure having you on our podcast, as always. Wishing you and all our listeners a happy new year. Yeah, thank you, Namrata, and uh, happy new year to all of uh, your listeners. Thank you, Arun.
That's all from today's episode of Why Not Mint Money. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening in. We're also available on livemint.com and if you're old school then do pick up a copy of Mint for some insightful coverage. If you have any questions you want us to address, do reach us out at HT Smartcast. We are present on Twitter, Facebook and Insta. And if you want to connect over email, write in to us at mintmoney@livemint.com. Until next time, it's bye-bye. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.